Good morning. Good good evening. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Jay, and we're going to start off in decency and in order, and we're going to come out of Jeremiah 31 and 25, and it reads, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. If you're going through some issues where you just feel like you're just tired of doing well doing, go to God. God is the only person that can refuel you to be able to fill the void of where you feel emptiness, validation, any of those things that seem to be a stumbling block for you to keep going forward. Give it to God, no matter what it is, depression, anything that you're dealing with personally, that the Instagram might see the smile, but you know at home that you really need help. Give it to God. Give it to him and be the real you so that he can really know what you need from him. Amen. Come as you are. It's not mean about clothes. It means about coming and giving God your issues and submitting to God. Amen. Amen. Dear Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for bringing us this week, bringing us to to be able to make it to this Wednesday, God. God, we just ask you to enlarge the territory of anointed radio. Let it be able to reach the unreachable, teach the unteachable, and to be able to touch even the hardest hearts to be able to hear about you, God. Let something be said tonight that it could be able to shake, move, and to be able to bring a change and plant a seed in someone so that they can say, what can I do to be saved? To bring, give some insight and confirmation so that they can know that you are there. God, we thank you. We love you. God, we glorify you. God bless every listener under the sound of my voice from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Pro provide the, the vision. Give them the provisions for that vision and be able to help them know that you love them despite of what people say. You love them despite of what they've done. You love them despite of their past. God, just be able to be in the midst to really break some chains this evening, God. We just thank you. We glorify you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. And we say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 This is Pastor Jay. And like always, I got something to say. And what I have to say is this. Go ahead and follow me on Anointed Jaylon on all social media platforms. Make sure that you check out my single, Renew My Praise, Jesus, You Make Me Happy, Wake Up, Bless. Um, actually, my music video for Renew My Praise is at 80,000, y'all. We're we doing it organic. Okay. Hello, somebody. So make sure that you go check out Renew My Praise on Vivo. Um, and let's get it to 100K, y'all. All right. I believe in us. I think we could do it. Um, shout outs to um, my absent co-host, Dr. Marvinetta Clay. And I wanted to say this special. We're going to actually play some of her music today so that we could give her a good shout out. You know, the love child. Everybody's favorite auntie in Las Vegas, Dr. Marvinetta Clay. Clay Marvinetta on all social media platforms. And you can check her website, Dr. Marvinetta Clay. Um, it's her birthday. Happy birthday. She's turning 56. And it's a blessing to, to have those years. So, Dr. Marvin Nettaclay, we, we appreciate you. We love you. Keep doing what you're doing. And you're still coming out with hits. So, keep and make sure you go check out her song, um, Lord Knows, God Cares, um, Worship Forever. Just check out Dr. Marvin Nettaclay. has all her um, music and everything. And another shout-out is to Chris Johnson, um, all the way out of Chicago. Make sure you check him out at Sing Chris J. 
Com. And you can check out his apparel, his music, all the good things. Um, so just go check them out. And if you haven't, make sure you share, like, and subscribe while you're listening because something's going to be said tonight that's going to set you free. Amen. Amen, somebody. We got Mr. DW from the DW Experience, which comes on Monday, every every Monday, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. DW. What's going on, everybody? Just uh, go ahead and follow me at the DW Experience every Monday at 7 p.m. And I'm um, just working on some exciting things behind the scenes. So keep tuning in, playing some great episodes. We just interviewed, uh, just replayed um, the interview with Tony Scruggs uh, this past week, who was uh, one of the vocal producers on the Aretha Franklin miniseries on Nat Geo, which um, I just started watching. Is is it's pretty fascinating. It's pretty heavy, actually. So, um, you know, thank you guys for your support. Yeah, it's pretty deep, man. Yeah. And another person we want to shout out, I don't want to forget, is Chiquita Andrews, um, book author, great book author here in Las Vegas that has made the book um, Trained to be Broken but is Unbroken. Make sure you go check that out on all, um, I think, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all that good stuff. It's a great book to be, do in women empowerment. Amen. And we're going to go ahead and introduce the man of the hour. Um, he's a great speaker. He's he's a life coach. He, he's a man of God. Amen. And we have in the building Mr. Tim Stories, everybody. Look at you two good-looking guys, man. Man, stop. <laughs> I'm glad I fixed my hair at least a little bit. <laughs> but listen, that, that Aretha Franklin thing was heavy. I I started watching it yesterday because I didn't expect all that. You guys agree? I, I agree. To the full extent because I think one thing I, I'm not going to lie to nobody here. I love transparency. And it tells about that time. And it tells about a lot of things that turned into generational curses. You could actually see a lot of things that are affected Aretha um, based off of what was seen in an environment. So it, it, it really showed the fullness of her story. Anointed Jalen, you said that perfectly. There's no doubt about it. Because a double-minded person is unstable in all the ways. And she was raised in that instability and she primarily just lived off that gift of hers that kept bringing her out right right but but continued to to deal with the drama because as you guys know i work with entertainers for over 30 years life coaching a bunch of people that everybody listens to so you see that it's very common and prevalent in their lives even today even in a lot of the young guys that were raised in the church and you know that one thing that's interesting is when you see that there's a lot of people that's in the entertainment business that's not in the church scene in entertainment. They're in either different genres or acting, but they do have that backing. But then it seems like they get out and they are missing something. It's like a yes. void. They're, they're trying to fill the void with either drugs or with with people, you know, their managers or 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 whatever. And, and it's just kind of crazy to see it in that documentary for Aretha Franklin. And I know that the family was not happy about it. Um, but I think one thing about that story, it's setting some people free because some people didn't talk about that. Some people didn't talk about the the issues that they had in their family. Because, you know, in prominent um, ethnic families, we say what happens in this house 
stays in this house. Oh, yeah. And my yeah. people leave the house broken because mm -hmm. mentally you don't know how to fathom either confrontational things or things that are, um, I guess you could say real touchy, especially when it deals with something that you, that would trigger you from your past. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. What were we going to say, DW? I was just going to say for me, just starting to watch it, just starting to watch it, it's the duality. Um, a lot of times when we see people in life, we see them in their state, like looking at Aretha, we know some of her history as far as she always carried her cash. There were certain ways that she carried herself. Um, we didn't hear too much about her love life, but kind of seeing that story of what led her to being the way that she was. And I think sometimes the truth is not always popular, but especially with artists, they go through a duality because the pain and the emotions and those those traumatic experiences that they go through um, is ultimately what's entertaining to us. That's you know, so I think, of, you know, the Mary J. Bly, all the entertainers, especially in music, it's their pain, their experience that they sing through that makes them their money. And, and so it's like they're in pain, um, but we're being set free. So it, it's like this weird um, juxtaposition or, or duality that that um, is really fascinating to see her as a human being. I so agree. So I, I wanted to ask Mr. Tim Stories um, just an icebreaker question. So this icebreaker question is this. Um, I'm a big sports fanatic. And I would want to know what is who is your favorite um, sports team? In basketball, it would be the Lakers. But this is goes way back. This goes way, way, way back. So I love the Lakers from way back into the present. Uh, so I'm a big Laker fan. Then in football, I was the Oakland Raiders chaplain for five years. Okay, so come I, on. I still like Raider Nation. Okay, come with it. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I could call the owner right now. And he, if he wasn't at a dinner or something, Mark would pick up. Those are my people. Yeah. Being from the Bay Area is Raider Nation all day. So that, that was a great answer. So um, tell us a little bit about you. So you were born. Tell us where you're born and where do you reside now? So I was born in Compton, California. And uh, I started going to church when I was four years of age. So I was raised in a Pentecostal church, and that was my heritage. I uh, was good in sports in high school. So it was interesting to be like a Pentecostal kid in high school and never drank, wasn't up to nasty stuff, and wouldn't put anybody down who was nasty. I just wasn't into it. And so when I was a, a junior in high school, I was already thinking about college. So I, was, I wanted to go to USC and study communications because that's kind of like my gifting. But I then started feeling a calling to, my, to the ministry, got really hit by God at 17 and decided to go to seminary outside of Tampa. So that's what I did and kept going and um, got several degrees and then started traveling the world, boy, 75 countries of the world, lifting people up. And when you look back at your beginnings, would you ever think that you would be where you are now? Not at all. So I, and I never look for it. Like a lot of people always say, you know, like, how did you get to know all these people? Cause you know, we've been doing the Hollywood Bible studies since 1992. 
And when I say Hollywood Bible study, that's Stevie Wonder, that's Smokey, Natalie Cole is my girl. These are like my friends. Uh, when Stevie got his NAACP award, I was right next to him. Um, and then we have over 7,000 people that consider themselves part of the Hollywood Bible study. And so there's never been anything like that. I never saw this stuff coming. I mean, to be mentored by Quincy Jones for the last 25 years, I was just living one day at a time, serving people, loving people, doing stuff for free, speaking at little churches, just doing the Jesus stuff. I think you said something that was really deep that I hope nobody missed it, is that you you did stuff the Jesus style, I like that. The Jesus style, you were speaking in places because you did it because you wanted to do it. And it, and it was like you was just looking for, oh, well, what's my next come up? Or, oh, what's my next step? Or everything strategic. You was just being led by God to be able to just go and go. And I, ran, I ran from the come up. You know, before, you know, at one point it was me, Carlton Pearson, and Fred Price. Mm. And then I was speaking at this big conference in Washington, D.C., Bishop Don Mears. It was me, a guy named Benny Hinn, and the daytime speaker was a guy named T.D. Jakes, and we had never heard of him in our lives. And so I wanted to go support him. So I said, I'm going to go watch this guy in the daytime. It's a true story. And he blew me back 17 feet. I was like, what just hit? And I'll never forget that T.D. Jakes at that friend time would be became one of my great friends all these years, invited me to his church. But at the time, he had like 380 people in West Virginia. So you never know who someone's going to be. But whether I was speaking at a big conference or going and doing a favor for a guy that had a church of 63 people, I was always about that. But when, when I started hitting it real big in the church world, getting all the invitations and speaking at the biggest conferences in the world. Um, I made a move, a conscious decision that I did not want to do Christian TV. Mm. And, and people always said like, well, well, why not? Something in my spirit just said, nope. Because someday I'm going to go touch that secular world and they're going to see me always as a televangelist. And that's not who I am. I'm a Jesus guy. So I'm, I'm not joking. Like the, the big TV place, the, the number one Christian place. Those are my people, my friends. I know them, the family. And they were always like, Tim, we need you. Because they had, it was basically Carlton Pearson. Because Jake's was not hosting. So they needed another brother. <laughs> and so I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't. Because God uh, had spoken to me without me really even understanding it. Because I was going to go out there and touch the secular world in a Jesus-style way and compel them to Christ in a different way without wearing the suit of a TV evangelist. And that's what I wanted to know, just seeing your ministry. <clears throat> and I, I've had a chance to see you briefly on Oprah, um, but I'm, I'm new to your ministry. Um, but I wanna know how are you able, or why do you think you've been able to resonate uh, with celebrities, with um, so many people around the world? Is there something different from your message or how you relay the message compared to other yes, ministers? I think 100%, but I see it in you and in Pastor Jay. I see it in both of you as well. And that is, I feel like a lot of the religious guys, they have an angle. 
they have an angle and they have a motive. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to meet Kendrick Lamar to get something from him. I, I got what I got. I got peace. So I'm not after your stuff or, or from Kanye or from Diddy or whoever. No, I just love these people. I just loved on people and they saw the sincerity. There was never an agenda, an angle, support my church, support my ministry. And uh, a lot of the big, big people that I play with, that I, I do deals with and all kinds of stuff uh, that you guys know, uh, in the early days, man, they were offering me all kinds of money for life coaching. That's what they called it. And I wouldn't take it. From the most wealthy entertainers we have in the world, I wouldn't take it. And, you know, they would, they would then sometimes come to the back door or the side door and give to my ministry without me knowing it. But it was, it was about motives. My motives was that's somebody's child. I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Jerry. Well, the, the main thing that I think is the most effective approach is coming as a person. Because a lot of times people see you as a title. Yeah. And they automatically put a wall. They're like, oh, you know, here he come. He's going to come and tell me I'm doing something wrong, you know, yeah. and, and, and not be able to hear me or see me, right? Because they've had those bad experiences. And you touched on something that's, that's really, really something that we need to start doing as a body of Christ is that the people that saved is already saved. But yeah. what about the people outside that's not saved, that doesn't hear, that, that don't have that hope, that don't have that light? And we're supposed to be assigned to people. And a lot of times we get caught up in the four walls. I've been talking about those four walls for so many years. Yeah. As we get comfortable in the four walls and forget about when we drove into that parking lot, how that mother with three kids that need food that was sitting on the side of the road and nobody yes. said nothing. You know, the homeless people that, you know, it was, it was, I remember a time I came out of the church and I was telling them, I was like, you guys see those homeless people that just passed? And they was like, yeah, I did. I was like, nobody offered them water and it's 117 in Vegas. Wow, wow, I said, wow. Go give me some water. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and those are the things that we have to th think about because Jesus cared about the people. Yes. He didn't care about the title. The Pharisees cared about the title. Jesus yeah. didn't care about the title. Damn. He wanted to make sure people could be saved. And we have to get back to bases that go out to all my nations to spread my gospel. I like what yeah. you're saying. And DW to you too. Like for you guys younger than me, as you guys are seeing, the world is not into us. They Like it used to be, I would hear these big preachers say like, if you don't like it, don't let the, Door hits you as you go out. You know, Don't let the door knock hit you where the good Lord splits you. That was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the the deal is, if you look at if you look at Pharrell Williams, he comes from the Pentecostal church. I've had great talks with Pharrell. Kanye has been my boy for fourteen years. Um, I've, I've walked side by side with him for fourteen years. I was just with P Diddy for many days in a row just recently. That's my guy. A lot of these guys come from church, right? but they only took a portion of it. They only took a portion because then they felt like the church was trying to confine them, trying, trying to confine them. Okay. So they needed guys that are cool like you guys early on 
who could have been in their life, discipling them of what it is to be a Jesus man, not just a church person. Does that make sense? It does. So it's, very, it's very common that people say to me, because like Oprah is my real friend. And they'll say, well, where's she at with Jesus? And the, the whole idea is, is she going to join us? No, she's not trying to join like what we call many times Christianity. She's trying to join and is joined to Jesus Christ and is open to learn about Jesus Christ. That's what I'm finding with people. And I think that's powerful. That that is very powerful, especially um, in today's world. We're watching a lot of churches close down um, yeah. since since the pandemic. Um, do you see the role of the church changing? And I, what is the Jesus man, and where does that fit into church, or is that totally separate from church? So a Jesus a Jesus man who walks in the Jesus style is Isaiah sixty one. So Jesus came. And he took your ashes that denote your dead things. And he exchanged them for beauty. It doesn't say, this is powerful, as you guys know. He didn't put beauty on your ashes, like we mm. saw with the Reefus family. They were trying to put beauty on the ashes. <laughs> mm. Jesus exchanged them, the great exchange. That's what the world's looking for. They're looking for Isaiah 61. So what you guys are doing through ministry, whether through voice or song or speaking or as creatives, you guys could do documentaries someday, movies, all kinds of stuff. You're artists, you're, you're made in the right. image of God. So we take that great exchange, Isaiah 61 message, and we exchange like this. So like the other day, I'm at a nice hotel in Santa Monica and Arnold Schwarzenegger's sitting there. I've had great talks with Schwarzenegger. But he was rolling with his family, so I left him alone. So, but when he came by and he saw me, he goes like this. He goes, Schwarzenegger, come on, man. Mm -hmm. He knows what I'm about. I'm a Jesus man. And so to me, the Jesus style is Isaiah 61. And we're, we're setting people free. We're setting the captives free. The oil of gladness, right? Instead of the spirit of despair. But we're also bringing beauty. Look at that. Look at that exchange. Who doesn't want that? Boom. And you know what scripture comes to mind when you say that? With love and kindness, I draw thee. Yeah. I could, because we forgot that part. You know, and love is, when, and people take that word love. And if you look at that deep impacted word love, it's an action. It means I love you despite of how you act. I love you despite of what you might say, because everybody got their days, everybody has their moments. And I feel like in this new council, I counsel culture, which I, I don't understand as a Christian, because Jesus should have counseled a lot of us a long time ago. Yes. Like, yes. That's like the biggest thing. And if you look at Jesus never gave up on us and how can we give up on people? Yeah. I think just like the, like I saw the, the series, The Crown, Man, guys, I watched all three seasons mm, okay. about the royal family. I couldn't get enough of it. I, I was binge watching, and I'm busy. I was up late yeah. night just binge watching. Yeah. But, but what Megan and Harry have done with their interview with Oprah is that they have opened the curtains a little more to some 
things that they were feeling they experienced, right? And so now there's gonna have to be some changes in the way in the way we see this hierarchy thing, how it works. This is what's been happening to the church, and I don't think it's so terrible. Because there's a whole lot of silliness that I did not want to participate in, so therefore I did not. And I mean, I've spoken at every mega church I've ever wanted to. And I love them all. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. But some of the silliness and just the, the feeling of we're up here and you're kind of down here has nothing to do with the Jesus stuff. He, he came not to be served, but to serve. Yeah. I, I you know, just, I wanted to ask you, um, just watching some of the celebrities, um, Kurt Franklin and, and the Derek Jackson, and we're watching a lot of, of, of celebrity or, or gospel or, or positive influencers um, kind of going into this um, controversy. Um, um, pro I don't know what to call it, but just a lot of silliness as you called it. Um, one, I wanna know how have you managed to stay out of it? Um, you know, how have you managed to stay scandal free, if you will, especially thinking um, as earlier said, you were friends with Carlton Pearson, and and I think just listening to the both, listening to you, what you both have in common is you decided not to go the traditional way. Um, yeah. Yet he faced some backlash. Why do you think you did not face backlash, or have I missed it? And did you face backlash? No, I really didn't, because I hung out with guys like you guys who would just okay. like, <laughs> tell it to me straight. <laughs> so I've always been around younger cats that would be like. Like, what's up with that? Like, like that was, why'd you do that? Or why are you, why are you saying that? Or why are you thinking that? So no, I've always been smart enough to hang out with, like if I was a Paul and you guys were Timothy's, smart enough to hang out with Timothy's that would just kind of like shake me a little bit. Mm. So I, I stay close to the cut. Um, um, that was deep because I was just talking about this in radio. Um, I was talking to a lot of prominent radio stations across this nation and um, in a clubhouse um, huh, format as a, yeah. as a uh, moderator. And I was saying, where's the mentorship? You know, instead of saying what you've done, what are you doing to help the next generation behind you? And oh, I feel yeah. like that's the same thing with the church, if you look at the church as the body, how many bishops have not sat down and not let the next preacher come up because they don't, they're not ready to leave or not to be able to hear, you know, because it said, you know, you could get wisdom from babes. You know, young people yeah. aren't all as foolish as, as the older generation will put seem because you can learn you're, somebody. You're so, you're from so good with that. And the, the other thing is, is that like, when I say that I know Barry Gordy, I know Barry Gordy. I didn't mean Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy comes to my Bible study. When I say I know Smokey, Smokey's my brother. Like we're around each other. When I say I know Stevie, we're at, I'm at his house, like hanging out with him and watching him play. It's a whole different thing. Like, and maybe in a minute we can talk about my book, Miracle Mentality. But if you see who endorsed my book, it's Verdeen White, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Ruth Pointer, Pointer Sisters. It's from the older generation to the young generation. And yeah. one thing that I see in the power of, let's say, Quincy Jones, he never acted like these bishops when I walk in his house. 
He's like, hey, Tim, you need a sandwich? I'm going to get a sandwich. I'll, you want a sandwich? I'm like, Quincy Jones has offered me a sandwich. I don't really want a sandwich, but I think I'll eat one. Being it's lunchtime, you get my point? Yeah. So Tim, Tim, what's the latest? Man, he goes, you know that Dr. Dre was in here the other day? You know Dre? I go, not real well. He goes, well, Dre, man, Dre is saying, I mean, he's just mixing it up and just talking and just, just loving on me. I didn't feel the big, you come into my zone. You come into my zone. You don't feel that from those people. What I want to know is, I, I was reading, uh, I believe Robert Downey Jr. called you the comeback coach. Yes. Um, I re First of all, I just got to say, I resonated with that. Um, I always talk about it, but I, I am definitely can relate to the prodigal son um, and, and still a work in progress. I'm someone who totally left church, um, was not interested in church or God or, or any of that, but somehow just through life and everything, um, coming back to church and really evolving my life. And I share that testimony, but why did he call you the comeback coach? And um, how, how do you, how can people, can people come back? We're living in this cancel culture where we cancel a lot of people where, yes. where we just throw away a lot of people, you know, so that just resonated me. You know? I think, I think because of my background of, of having a lot of pain early on in life is that e either that's going to, you know, make you a person that's, uh, um, sensitive to pain, cares about people in pain, or maybe you go the opposite way. But I went the way to where I was sensitive and I cared, compassionate mm -hmm. towards towards the underdog. Mm -hmm. So I started studying the comeback in the 80s. I, I was going through the whole Bible where everything's a comeback. I mean, Hebrews 11.32, it says their weaknesses, plural, were slowly turned to strength. It's talking yeah. about all the greats. And this is, and they became powerful. And man, I ate that up. They became powerful. So I say this many times people fold, like in the game of poker where you have cards, they fold. When you fold in poker, that means I don't like my hand, I don't believe in it, I fold. But you're many people are folding their hands while God is still unfolding them. So they mm -hmm. fold while they're unfolding. And so a guy like Robert Downing, this was before Iron Man. When I started helping him was 1999, and he had folded. He had folded his hands and like, I'm done. Where a guy from the world who was not even a strong Christian brought Robert Downing to Tim Story, a Pentecostal preacher. And to think that Tim Story would help Robert Downing, who later becomes Iron Man, who made $75 million last year. Come on now. Yeah, but I, I taught him Jesus principles. That's good. But why was he so receptive to it? I think, again, of, of what Pastor Jay talking about in UDW is the Jesus style. I think that these guys are so used to reading counterfeit bills, mm. the counterfeit agents, counterfeit people trying to get into their lives, that, you know, when he came around that corner in Beverly Hills on Sunset Boulevard to meet me for the first time, when I saw it was Robert, because I didn't know who my friend was bringing, he just said an entertainer, because I probably met no less than 30 A-list entertainers to this one guy who's very mm -hmm. When this guy, Robert, came through, I just treated him with respect and honor because what he's done. Because a lot of a lot of preachers say, oh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell, I know he's here, but just let him wait outside. 
No, I honor those guys for what they've done, but I still treat them like a human, but I honor them for what they've done. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so I think that Robert saw my heart in my transparency and that um, later, you know, we became, we're like brothers. We work together. We do projects together. We're brothers. So I, I wanted to ask, what is the main thing that keeps you humble? You guys? Because <laughs> you guys will mess me up if I got stupid. You know, like, I, 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 again, I'm around really like Jesus people that, like, if I ever went wrong, they would pull me. Because if anybody's been tempted to go wrong, it's when you're ruling and reigning in Beverly Hills. That's that's what people want. And we've been doing our thing since 92. Standing room only, can't get in. Biggest stars in the world rolling in. Come on now. I could be, like, wearing all kinds of rings and I could have, like, a big something on me right now. You really could. You you really could. You you could you could have all the the jewels and and we have to go through the assistant to the assistant to the assistant. Right. You know you know to the assistant, but you you remain humble, and that's. But but that's, you guys have helped, and and I think that a lot of those guys that are a lot of them are my friends, these ministers that are full of ego, like crazy ego, because ego is essential, but you got to sanctify your ego. Mm. You got to say, because you got you got to have an ego, because your ego will keep you alive. If you got cancer, your ego could say, no, hey, no, why are you going? Okay, so mm. you got to sanctify your ego. Don't mm. kill it, sanctify it. But if some of my preacher buddies that have not decided to sanctify their egos, they have just gone crazy with themselves. And I think it's, I, I keep hearing this all year, it's their circle. No, you know, you're, you're, you're influenced by your circle. And a lot of times people forget who they are. They, they're only their title. They forgot who, um, I'm going to just say a, a random name, John. If, if, if Bishop John was just Johnny back in the day, he forgot who Johnny was. He forgot what Johnny likes. And all he does is what it pleases people. And they, he looks for validation and loses the whole reason why God put him there in the first place. Yeah. And Pastor Jay, as you're saying, and DW, you probably felt that even through your experiences and things that you were going through coming up as a young man, that if you're not careful, the, the church will try to limit you, they'll try to limit you in all these different ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it almost mm -hmm. becomes like a multi-level marketing thing. Cool. Mm -hmm. Where there's a first lady and then there's that guy. And he's got his own parking spot. And then he can't carry his Bible because his Bible's too heavy. So he got he got to give it to somebody, and then somebody, somebody has scared, to carry it. All scared, then carry the Bible. I got yeah. the Bible. Okay. Now I understand tradition, and so when I go into these big houses of worship for all these years, fine. I just stay quiet and I just go do what I got to do. Okay. But we're missing a whole culture who's not going for that. <laughs> this new millennial that could find information like this. Well, not, not only that, but and and they're also they just want the real. They they know what's fake, and, and they know what's real, and they're not going to, you know, they're they're just not going to stay. They don't have time for it. They've got Twitter, Snapchat. They've they've got things to do. It's a, a thirty second world. Now I've always said 
a lot of people are not going to church because now they're going online. They're finding different avenues um, to to get fed or find the word. You know, You're it's right. not like Pastor yeah. Jay just said, like like clubhouse. Like for instance, so a secular guy decides to throw a clubhouse party for me. Okay, so Tyrese jumps on, shouts out Tim Story. Uh, what's his name? Uh, who was with Jay Z forever? Uh, he jumps on. Uh, I'll think of his name, but just Damon Dash. He jumps on. Okay. So Rick Fox from the Lakers, he jumps on. So my room just goes crazy. It goes to about 3,000 people. And one night, I sell about 23,000 books. And my book is on the miracle mentality. Did you just catch what I said? I did. I did. I'm in a secular room. Okay. Now, I just talked to a, a Muslim man. 40 minutes before I got on with you gentlemen, who is a billionaire, not hoping to be, is a billionaire, who was on the room that night, who we are now connecting to do projects with each other. Mm. And he said, I can't, I cannot stop myself. I'm being drawn to you. Mm. Jesus drew people. So this is the new. This is what you guys are up to. We we get in the middle of a clubhouse. We get in the middle of hmm and ha huh and bam and boom and boom. It's a new day. Well, you know, it's it's, it's I I have to say my experience. I actually went to one of your uh, your um, your speaking engagements here in Las Vegas. Yes, and, and I remember. I was coming up to you because I, I just started Anointed Radio. So it was just a brand new chip off the block. And I was like, I have to talk to Tim Stories. Yeah. And I almost got like tackled by some of the people uh, at the church. And Tim said, him, yeah. I like his spirit. Bring him with me. Wow. And that, and I was like, wow. Because you didn't have that spirit of like, oh, you know, who are no. you right after getting off stage? No, he was like, no, come talk to me. And and we talked um, in the back room. That. And it, it was deep because I was just like, wow, I've met somebody finally. Because there is a big um, gospel artist in this genre that I work in that right before I met you, I had a bad run in with them. And it was crazy because it was just kind of like it, 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 it builds a stigma mm-hmm. in church folk. Yeah. You know, people that believe in Christ, because then we get put in a box that, oh, then, then they, everybody that gets up to that level is like that. And then to finally meet somebody that actually was genuine and, and then treat somebody like. Yeah, because oh. you're my family. So so DW is my family. Pastor Jay is my family. So because at this moment, I got this thing going because I got a thing going where people are drawn to what I do. Hey, DW may bust out with something in 12 months. You never know who you're talking to. Mm. I remember mm. when I met John Gray before John Gray started coming up. Okay. He was like a comedian. And he was like, Tim Story, man, hey, hey, whoa, man, hey. Like a lot of the guys that have come up now, I mean, I've been around him since they were a kid. Tim Timberlake, who's blowing up now. I know a little Tim Timberlake since he was like seven. So, because his parents are my friends. So I get to see guys before they come, like Bishop Paul Morton's son. I didn't know he was going to be like a, a, a 
crooner. I was just I was just Paul Morton's kid as I preached at Paul Morton's church. So you never know who's going to come up. Like the D, DW, you're going to blow up. You're going to do phenomenal things. Pastor Jay, you, you're hitting it like in three different areas. I see you doing your prophetic preaching, your your music side, but I see you as a as an entrepreneur running like a big thing. I see you running like a whole like enterprise. You're running yeah. a whole enterprise. Amen. I received that. And I, I want to ask you this because you you just um, 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 entered into my question. You were just saying meeting people um, before they blow up. Um, in your book, Miracle Mentality, which I, I, I want to hear more about, um, there's a passage you say, children come to us with the belief not only in the magical, but in the power of love. They seem instinctively to want to help other people to show empathy and, and concern. And yes. then one day they get introduced to the dark side. Yes. And so what, what psychologists are finding, and these are even secular psychologists, is this innocence that these kids start with, even if they're in a jacked up environment. And the, 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 the secular psychologists call it more of a magical thinking. But here's what I want to say to us. Don't let the devil take away the word magical from us because magical mm -hmm. is only used in the paranormal about 8% of the time. Magical means extraordinary, uncommon, not normal, supernatural. It's very close to word. Magical and miraculous are very close to each other. So it's not always in the, in the realm of the paranormal and the dark, the dark side. Mm -hmm. So when, when you were a kid, if I was to say to you, you what do you want to be? When you were a kid, if you were seven or eight, you would spout something out that was kind of grand. Yep. You know, Jay, what are you up to, man? Yo, what do you want to be? Oh, man, I'm definitely going to definitely play for this team. Boom, bam, 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 bam. Because they haven't been messed with yet. They haven't been tampered with. And so this book, The Miracle Mentality, helps you to realign yourself with the miracle mentality that is innate that God put in you. Mm. He put in that for God is able to do. Now, why do we think this way? Exceedingly, abundantly, above. And then we go, no, 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 no. Don't be thinking that way. No, but how come I am? I'm thinking exceedingly, abundantly, above. No, 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 don't be thinking that way. No, no, why am I thinking this way? Exceedingly. That's powerful, right? Mm -hmm. It's in our DNA until somebody tampered with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one thing is the first person to tamper with it, unfortunately, is your family. Yeah, because you, about you, it. you you get the one person say, "Well, you, boy, you ain't smart enough, girl. You 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 better just go find you a rich husband." Which now, if you've seen uh, what is it, Kevin Samuels, hurting all these people's hearts because that's not for you, you know? Yes. And it's just kind of like everybody's putting a price tag on love where yes. they're not, they're not really understanding what they want. They see this, I guess you could say materialistic and fake <laughs> world oh, yeah. on social media. And they're not realizing that the true, the trueness of what God is doing in their life. They're trying to be someone else. They're, they're trying to have the, someone else's sound. They're trying to have someone else's life. They're trying to have someone else's marriage, someone else's family. And it comes down to it like God put purpose in you. 
God put yes. a whole a whole gift in you. And you're not operating it because you're looking at somebody else's gift and like, oh, I want to do that and wondering why it's not succeeding. So let me give you an example. So let's say I was just DW's cool uncle. So this is how how good I am at like paying attention to people. One thing about me is I listen and I pay attention. I, I, I absorb who somebody is. So I'm just meeting you like this, DW, for the first time. But one of his strengths, Pastor Jay, as you know, because you guys are friends, is that he asks why. Why? W-H-Y. Why? He thinks why. That's what he thinks. Why? Okay, this we got to do this, but why? Part of that is he's a creative. He was built to be sensitive and ask why and go deeper. Does that make sense? And go deeper. So in church, he would probably see things going on and go, okay, why? Or that happened. Why? It's, it's that in UDW that we need in our movement. We need in our culture of our Christ culture. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So if I was your cool uncle, I'm not going to try to form you into another person. I'm, I'm going to just try to help formulate. You see the difference? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Yeah. To, I'll be working with the potter because God is the potter, not the bishop or the pastor or somebody else. God is the potter. Yeah. And we are the clay. But he brings people to serve your vision. Mm. And so I think at DW, that's what's starting. You're starting to yield to the God plan for your life, what I call the God idea. And that's where you're starting to get a lot of personal freedom right now. That's so funny you said that because I my I told somebody, you know, a lot of things are going right. But my prayer a couple of weeks ago was, um, Lord, not my will, but your will. And I said, if I want to go right, but you want me to go left, I'm not going to be stubborn or or ask why I'll yeah. be open to it because I believe at the end of the day, God's plan is much better than the plan that I have, even though the plan I have is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> no. that, I like that he said that. And I like that he calls himself anointed Jalen. Like he ain't afraid to put, I got to tell the truth. It's anointed Jalen. It's not just Jalen, but I like that you, what you just said DW. And that's what I embrace in the younger guys that I'm around. I want them to tell me they think they're going to be great. Mm. Even, even if I think they got too much ego, I still won't tell them yet you got too much ego because what's going to happen, God resists the proud. So they're going to, they'll, they'll start feeling this if, if their ego's out unchecked, right? Wow, that's good. So, so I don't need to mess with them because the young guys, they want to talk to me. The young cats, they want to, Tim, I got this. Mm, man, if you wait, wait till you. Wait till you see. I'm gonna, cause they know I can take it. So yeah. Do you think? Um, and I've wondered this. Do you think it's more in the minorities or in black people that we have the, um, we're taught not to be great, or or that there's that that stifled, um, you know, like as we're kids, we want to be great, but at some point. Um, you know, we're, we're taught to be humble. We're taught not to be proud. We're taught not to celebrate our accomplishments. Do you it, think it, that's it's an, a, it's an amazing thing that I feel? That's a great question. I mean, 
what a powerful enemy to slip in to people that were one time enslaved right and try to get us enslaved by our own people mm -hmm. just amazing what a what a what a demon mm -hmm. what well, but how do we how do we over overcome that because like when i hear the title miracle mentality yes. um you know i look at um, and, and this, I don't mean to make this about race per se, yeah. but when I look at certain people and how their parents push them into their destiny and into what they want to be. And then there are some cultures um, that are like, you're going to be this and this is what you're going to do. And if you don't do anything that we want you to do, then we can't celebrate you and we can't be proud of you. Um, and then you have um, another set of people that um, they become successful and and their family sort of disowns them or hates on them or you know um, doesn't support them that way. Do you think it's cultural? Do you think it's it it is part of you know the enslavement and and past issues? Yes, what do you think but, it is? But because I've traveled so much, like I said, seventy five countries. Right. So, so whether you be in Pakistan or South Africa with, with Mandela dealt with, with apartheid and all that. So you have it in different things. I would do a lot with the American Indians. Mm -hmm. They've been enslaved in their own way. So, but I think within our culture, within the black culture, that obviously the, the devil has tried to come in to our culture and try to limit us in what we can do. But you know that when somebody gets a revelation, then they become dangerous. Mm -hmm. And what I believe that one thing that my book does, The Miracle Mentality, is it, it helps people get a revelation like, you know what? Kendrick Lamar is slightly right in that song. I do have royalty in my DNA. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I start telling you in a book that the secular world paid for, this is a Harper Collins. They paid a lot of money to make this happen for me. Yeah, yeah. You get my point? Yeah. Yeah, no, you got money. You got money. Yeah, and they let me talk. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> and they let me talk about miracles and the God of miracles in my Pentecostal background in this book. And that's deep. That's, that's deep. Because that's, and that's where I feel like as the body of Christ, we limit ourselves because we should have us being able to go in those different realms where. Yeah you wouldn't think to hear about Jesus, but have someone able to be there that they look to. You know, I, I was just talking to DW about this and he uh, he really motivated me on this. I don't know if I ever told him this, is that when I first came in and did my music, I did a, a gospel EDM. Yeah. And I, I, I did that for this reason. I want them to be there and I don't care if they're on drugs, I don't care what they're doing at that time but a seed to be planted. Yes. So that they can say, wow, when I woke up, I am blessed. God takes me higher. Wow, that's deep because there's not many people in those rooms talking about Jesus, especially when it gets in the different areas where the secular world doesn't really receive Christianity in some uh, I'm a, phrase. You're, 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 you're right. You're so right. I was going to ask you a question to both of you real quick. How do my followers watch this show? This is such a good interview. I'm going to promote it. And well, they you know, can share we, it on we, Facebook. We only have about 625, 30,000 
follow me on Instagram. So, uh, so, but how do they watch? Like, if they want to watch it tonight, how do they watch it? Uh, they could go to Anointed Radio on Facebook, and they could see it right now, or they could see it later. So on Anointed Radio, it'll stay on there. Yeah, it'll stay on, and I'll, I'll make sure we share it to your pages also and tag you in it. You right. guys got to, you got to, you guys got to do something on it. Like as soon as we're done, put an Insta story up, and then I'll put it up. Boom, because it'll blow you away who watches. Okay. Like, like I was on the other day. Can I just say this? I was on the Today Show last week, and Hoda, uh, who I never met, said, "Oh man, I was just saying that I got to get Tim's story on here." And then she says. And then I watched one of your sermons. I didn't know Odo was watching one of my sermons. Wow. So you never know who's watching you, right? Yeah. Right. So you guys give me all that information so people can see what's going on here with Pastor Jay and DW. And yeah. To put that out there um, while we have people watching now, make sure you share, like, tag. And if it's blessing your life, go ahead and uh, comment in the comments and make sure you follow Tim's stories on. And give me some emojis. If you're watching on. Facebook, I like emojis. Give me some emojis. Some white hearts. And show us that we're doing a good job over here. I'm the so I was going to just ask this and go ahead, DW. Um, I want to ask you this. And I'm telling all the uh, people on Facebook, I'm asking for y'all because to let y'all know as a he is a life coach and y'all get free game right now. So I'm asking for y'all. If somebody's right now feeling like they're at their their ends no matter how hard the wheel is spinning yeah and it feels like everything is against them what is your advice to that person to keep going okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this in two minutes so the steps that i created over a 30-year period is number one you have to become awake so the word awake you have to wake up. Wake up, Mr. West. Mr. West, Mr. Everybody's Best. With himself, he's so impressed. Kanye West. You got to wake up. You got to wake up. So, like, if you're, if you're smoking too much weed, if you're being nasty or whatever, you got to wake up. And it usually happens, like, usually a bad experience usually happens. And you wake up. You wake up. Second thing you got to do is take inventory. But proper inventory. Stop lying to yourself. Mm. You got to go like, oh, man. How did I end up, mm -hmm. how did that lady, how did, what am I doing in a house full of cats? I got 17 cats, okay. So you wake up, secondly, take inventory. Number three, you got to partner with the right people. Mm. That's where people mess up. You got to partner with power, okay. If I'm struggling, I need some help. I need someone to help set me free. Yeah. I need someone to help deliver me. I need somebody to, to help. I need I need a stretcher bearer. The paralyzed man in the book of Mark, he could not walk to get to Jesus. Mm -hmm. He needed four carriers. So all you watching, some of you need four carriers, not one. You need four carriers. Mm -hmm. You need four on your inside that don't want to stab you on the backside. You need four on the inside who don't want to stab you on the backside. Okay? That was very powerful. I heard it. I heard it. Awake. Awake. Then you take inventory. Then I got to partner with power, with the right people. Then I need the right principles. Mm. The principles, a lot of them are going to come from the people. That's why you got you to partner with the right people who don't say, oh, man, you need to get yours now. Man, you don't need to put up with that. Oh, well, well, no, I don't need all that. I need someone with the right principles. 
take me back to my roots. Principles, almost there. Then those principles will create the plan. Don't create your own comeback plan when you're in a setback. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna mess up everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you then you create the plan, and then the last thing is persistence. Mm. You just keep on keeping on. You just keep on keeping on, one day at a time, every day, every day I'm hustling, every 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 day. And even at this stage of the game, being in ministry for forty years, every day I'm hustling, man. I put on my worship. I study every morning for an hour. I have to, man, just to stay sane. Have you ever wanted to give up? Or has there been a time when you wanted to walk away? Yeah. Like, yeah, life could get very painful. Very painful. I would say the illustration I'll give tonight would be my brother dying. You know, my brother was very smart. Uh, uh, He worked for McDonnell Douglas, which is not easy to do. He was an engineer, college educated. And he could not break addiction, and it just was cl- collapsed his body. I mean, he looked in shape, but he was dying on the inside. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I thought, you know, I'm done. Like, and I was a really famous preacher at that time. Probably two thousand invitations a year, every big conference you could imagine, co-hosting the Seven Hundred Club because I-, I would do that because they were cool with me. And I like I like those people that were cool. It was a different vibe. It was a different vibe than some of the other religious TV. But I was riding so high in what we come from in religion. But I, I'll never forget that at his funeral, I was secretly was thinking, I'm turning in, I'm turning in this thing. Mm. If I couldn't even help my own brother, mm. then it's time out. Yeah. I think just my final question um, for me, it's just been on my heart lately, just with with fathers and sons and Pastor Jay, that we've had countless conversations um, behind the scenes about developing something. Um, but watching um, Kurt Franklin and his son play out um, on the internet, um, I didn't say too much about it at first, but God brought it to me. It just dropped in my spirit that this isn't about Kurt Franklin at all. Um, this is about the millions of, of, of men out there who are going through the same thing. Um, so I would just ask, you know, as a man, what would you say to fathers and sons out there, especially fathers um, who are celebrities, who who are in the limelight and not necessarily, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a Kurt Franklin, but but maybe they're a pillar in the community. Maybe they're, they're you know, famous um, on a different level. But what would you say to them out there because I just really feel like, especially right now, it just seems like a lot of fathers, there, there's some reckoning or things that need to take place. Yeah, you're, you're right on. And I think that we'll take it off Kirk for a minute because it's, as you said, it's like so many people are dealing with it, but there's three things a father's supposed to do biblically is to guide his children. That's direction. Watch how powerful this is. To guide, to guard, which is protection, mm. and to govern, which is administration. Mm. So that comes from uh, God the Father being the shepherd. That's what a shepherd does. He guides the sheep, he guards them, and he administrates them, he governs them. What a lot of fathers do not do is, is guard their children. Mm. They're so 
Now I need to just guide them and just tell them and then do that and then pick up and then don't date her and be careful here. And hey, why don't you why don't you make me feel safe? Mm. And feeling safe is if you would just consider shutting up and just being in the same room. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that, that was heavy. I, I that that got me speechless right there. Um, wow. wow, you just said that, that was so heavy. I mean, one because I I've never heard um someone say that. We think about that with the daughters, um, you know, but I, I, you don't hear that with the sons. That that was extremely powerful, and I hope that yeah, like one reason, hang in. one reason that I want to know what's going on because my own son's right over here, and he's been raised in the ministry his whole life. Then he worked at a lot of mega churches doing stuff. And during the pandemic, I asked him if he consider coming back home and hanging with his dad. And so, uh, you know, part of my thing is I'm not always walking in the room saying, hey, I'm Tim Story. I, I just want to just like see what he's doing, what he's listening to, what he's watching on YouTube, who he thinks is creative, what artists he like. Because I'm learning from my own child. Does that make right. sense? And I think that a lot of guys who start to do well, they they lose they lose that. They lose those moments. It just stay quiet and hear what they're saying back. Mm. And and one thing I could say as a father that I've seen is that um, your child is a reflection of you. Yeah. And yeah. you could really learn what you. <laughs> what you used to say to yourself because you became a grown-up. A lot of times yeah. we become grown-ups and we forget how loving we were. We forgot how we looked for um, validation from dad. We forgot how all these things, and then when you go through it, you get taken back when you see your own child looking for those same things, and then you see yourself doing things that you see your father do to you, and you remember that feeling. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I will say for myself, I even uh, checked myself, especially during the pandemic without being busy and running and award oh, yeah. shows and all that, because I really wanted to see where are my kids? Because mm -hmm. life goes by quick and makes you know it. your child has grown and mm -hmm. they're talking about why you were never there. But you were always on the go and the hustle and my dreams and and putting food on the table and all this. And it was never malicious. But then you got to sit here and say, but I'm not doing my job. Yeah, because yeah. my child is my first priority. I brought my child into this world. And what you said that was deep is I should be guarding my child. Yes, yes. And in this situation, I love what you said, Pastor Jay. That was very powerful. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that, man, man, that was deep. It, it was, was that, hit me on that one. I was just like, wow. Whoo, amen. Well, you, you can't play on this show though, because you guys, you guys are you guys are wise and annoying. It's like I can't play. So I just <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? What is your next project that's coming up? You know, for me, um I, I live in the now. Like, like I could tell you, like I got some cool TV projects, which I do three of them, and with famous people that you would know. I'm working on a movie with a very famous person, probably one of our top five actors. I'm working on plays, all that stuff, but that's not even where I'm at right now. I'm right here. I I am fully present, fully feeling, fully alive. Amen. So right now I'm on your radio show. 
just feeling the presence of God and we're talking to people, but they're talking back at us. Yeah, man, you are you are the, the real deal. Like you can just, I mean, just even through the screen, you can just feel your, your genuine um, um, nature. And it just reminds me of the scripture. I've been saying it a lot, what profit a man to gain the whole wide world and, and lose his soul. And it's not the problem with gaining the world, but it's the issue with losing his soul. And just from what I hear from you, you've managed to maintain balance. You've managed to sanctify your ego, have these great things. But even as you talk about your projects, you're never egotistical or or dropping names just to 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 drop drop names. Um, no. Who who is the miracle mentality for? Who who should read the book? The miracle mentality is is essential reading. It's like when you were in school and you had to read certain books that they made you. This, this is essential because I'm gonna remind you of who you are. Mm -hmm. I remember just my last story, I walked into American Airlines, which I get to write for American Airlines every month. Could you imagine a Pentecostal guy? If you go to American Airlines and you fly this month in that magazine, you'll see me every month. Wow. I'm every month in United too. Wow. And I'm in 90 airports around the world. When you walk in airports and you see those big screens, you'll see me over and over. You'll see me talking with the text, the three-minute segments. You see me in the bars, in the restaurants, 90 airports. And I'm in one million hotel rooms. When mm. they flip the TV on, there's Tim Story talking about having a good day. That's unheard of. Right. And that comes from a secular company. Yeah. So, real quick, I'm on American Airlines. I get on. Flight attendant looks at me. I sit down. This case, I'm in first class. Sit down. About three rows back. I sit there. And she comes up to me. And I notice she's crying. And she says, are you Tim Story? I said, yes. And she goes, okay. She goes, I'll come back to you. And I don't know why that lady's crying. So she has to do her job. The plane takes off. We're up in there. And she goes, I'm so sorry. She says, but I used to watch you speak when I was a teenager and even in college, and I was really on fire for God. And I've gone so far off my, my path. When you walked in, I felt something come from your spirit. Mm. And she said, and you reminded me of the person I used to be. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> come on. That's powerful. That's right. beyond powerful. That is beyond From powerful. Here. That's why she didn't know. She had to go like, it's not like, ooh, that, he's famous. No, my spirit. She said, I felt when you walked by, I felt your spirit. And you reminded me of the person I used to be. So that's a miracle mentality. This book will remind you of who you're supposed to be. You're going to get a lot. It's essential reading, or you cannot go into May. It won't even let you. April wow. or May, it's essential reading. Make sure you go get it, everybody. And I, and this would be last question. I have to ask this. God's but leading. DW, you feel the anointing, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like I'm a creative, and and I am I am sensitive. And and when you even talked about growing up in Pentecostal, you know, I, I grew up in in one of the largest. Mm -hmm. um, denominations in the world and yes. you know i'm sure we can all agree we've seen 
I've, well, I'll say it. I've seen things that I should have seen. So um, I stay quiet, but I observe and I see everything. And there's definitely, there is the anointing, definitely. And it's genuine. Amen. God's asked me to ask you this, Tim. And I should be saying, forgive me for my formality, Pastor Tim. Either way. What is, what is your favorite scripture? Man. I love this one, for God knows the end from the beginning. Mm. And he knows what is yet to come. Mm. So that is Isaiah 46, verse 9. For God knows, the word know in the Hebrew is the word yada. He knows in an intimate way. For God knows the end from the beginning. Mm. And he knows in DW's life what is yet to come and Pastor Jay's life, what is yet to come, what is yet to come, what is yet to come, what is yet to unfold. Mm. Boom. So why am I gonna be tripping and nervous and manipulating and calling people and pushing my own agenda? For God knows. God knows you. I'm gonna connect, I'm gonna connect to the knower. Amen. Man, that was deep. God knows. It's going to go viral, man. I, I'm, it's going to go viral. To, this is good. This, People need to hear this. It was, some, it was some breakthrough behind this. So one thing I want to say in the behalf of Anointed Radio, I really appreciate you, Pastor Jim Stories, for coming on to the show, sharing um, your wisdom and your knowledge and understanding um, of what you've been through, um, the great things that you're doing and that you can continue to do and just being a, a, a pleasant spirit here with us and being able to just share this time and space right now. So if there's anything that Anointed Radio could do, any new book, movie, or anything that comes out, let us know. We'll definitely promote it. We're here to be able to promote you here in Las Vegas as Las Vegas' number one gospel station. So um, I thank you. I really appreciate you. And is there any um, last words that you would like to say to the people? I just want to say what a privilege to be on with you two gentlemen. You guys have built my faith. And to see that next is going to be good. Because you, wow. you guys are now and you're next. But you're now, but you're also next. And wow. next is going to be good. That that does something to my soul. Wow. I received Thank that. you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a privilege and an honor. I mean that. I'm not jumping up and down. Well, we'll talk later, but yeah. Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go eat dinner right now. Right. Bye -bye. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Man, so that was a powerful interview. Make, make sure you share, like, subscribe. This interview is probably one of the most chain-breaking deliverance revelation interviews. Rich. That, <laughs> that is full of wisdom and knowledge that if you know that friend that's at ends with, if you know that person that's just stuck in a rut, I, I challenge you to share this video because it's going to help their, help their life. It helped my life right now in so many ways and gave me some new revelation and really got me on fire. So I, I want you to make sure that you share this video. You, you like it, you add it to all the little Facebook groups. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and share it onto your Facebook, your YouTube, your, your Instagram, your everything, yeah, because this video is going to help you. And if you didn't know, make sure you go and follow us on our podcast platform where you can be able to hear the playback of this interview that we're 
that we just had. That was just a very amazing interview. So make sure you follow us at all social media platforms. We're on all um, podcast platforms, but title because Jay-Z be hating. I'm saying he, he may not be hating. The man, he might not be. But he might I, not be. The man I, said Jay-Z loves the Lord too. So we, you know, man, maybe I'm he overlooked on, it. Still, still not on title. Amen. <laughs> So with that being said, um, I want you to make sure you share, like, subscribe, be a blessing to Anointed Radio and go ahead and um, hit that cash app at Anointed Radio Network, dollar sign Anointed Radio Network. Make sure that you tell somebody about the page. Make sure you like and follow Anointed Radio at LV Anointed Radio on all social media platforms, Facebook page, so that you could be updated for all of the interviews we're having because we've had a very powerful march with yeah. a lot of great interviews, a lot of new revelations. Um, we're not just here to entertain you. We're here to help you, to give you new revelation, to give you knowledge, to be able to give you encouragement because there's somebody out there that you see on TV. There's somebody out there that you see, hear, listen to their song that went through the same thing. And I, I'm here so that I could show you that if they can make it and they serve the same God as you, you can make it too. So make sure that you do that. All those things, follow us, share, like, all those good things. And DW, what's your last words? Miracle Mentality. You know, go out and get that book. Um, follow me at the DW Experience and um, tune in every Monday um, uh, for the DW Experience. But man, this this was a really great show. Keep Get that Miracle Mentality. And I have to go ahead and say this. Since it's Dr. Marvinetta Clay's birthday tomorrow, Twenty-fifth. We're gonna go ahead and hit. Uh, we was talking about Stevie. We're gonna go ahead and hit her with a good old happy uh -oh. birthday, Aries. Uh oh, Doctor Clay, that's for you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Uh, one of our own. Tomorrow is her birthday, so make sure that you tell Doctor Marvinetta Clay it's her birthday. So go celebrate her, go send her cash app, go help her out, be able to uh, show her some love. But let's all do it in the black version. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy. Dr. Clay, hey. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> Oh, he, had to add the, he had to add the Chicago. <laughs> Amen. So happy Amen. birthday, Dr. Clay. And we're going to go ahead and play out um, Dr. Clay's um, song, Worship Forever. A good, a good classic of Dr. Marvinetta Clay. Happy birthday. We love you here at Anointed Radio. We love to, that you're part of us. You're our favorite auntie here in the city of Las Vegas. We appreciate you. We love you. And keep doing your thing. And we can't wait to hear the music that you got going forward. You're about to yeah. go out of town. So we just pray. Amen. Uh, shut, uh, almost tapped in. You almost tapped we in. Yes. We pray that you have safe travels while you go out to um, enjoy your birthday. And everybody, make sure that you go and tell Dr. Marvinetta Clay. Clay, it's at Clay Marvinetta. Um, happy birthday. And make sure that you show some love, you know, and, and show some cash apps, you know, so she can go enjoy herself on her birthday. You know, she turned, it turned another year, and she's been a blessing to so many people life in the Valley. 
So it'll be a blessing to hers for tomorrow. So we're going to go ahead and go into worship forever. And we will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Oh, oh, oh.